Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Jock Mailbag. My name is Damo and joining me as usual is Clarky. The buys are over, but the carnage was unpalatable for some. Did you come away fairly unscathed? Uh, look, I am living life like a hot girl summer. I don't need to care anymore and my season is practically over because we are all suffering the carnage. So just, this is fine. Everything is fine. Uh, big week. Big week this week, I think, for a lot of people coming out of the buys and finalizing teams and those last few trades. So excited to hear what the listeners have for us. It will be interesting. Lots of questions about one particular player, and we'll get onto that those questions a little bit later. Returning guest this week is Ben from Supercoach Insider. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us here at the last minute. How have you traveled over the bye weeks and since we last spoke? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I feel like this is a little bit of a stitch-up, to be honest. Um, Chris couldn't make it, and I feel like he stitched me up because I brought in Bruce at the last minute last week. And I feel like he's just got me online here just so I can look (laughs) really stupid in front of all the listeners. I went gone to um, Bruce at the very last minute. I was thinking, hey, yeah, I like um, Sean Darcy, but I'm like, oh, it's not smart for me to use two trades. I'll be real clever. Save myself a trade. Get Bruce in there. Get English in. And I pretty much just brought in Havoc, every single Antigle, every <laughs> single injured person that I could ever have. But I am sitting 172nd overall. So that Ooh. is the silver the silver lining. I cried Ooh. myself to sleep. I didn't watch Football Sunday. I was very bleak and upset. That is gorgeous to hear. Clarky, how far are you off and in air quotes here, a complete team. Well, due to lack of trades, my team is completed, quote unquote. You got, and listeners at home, you can't hear the air quotes. Um, look, I'm probably only one or two proper full primo spots, but with all the carnage and like the ruck placing and Tim English now also being ruled out with concussion, it's kind of left me a little bit short. Um, as far as trades are, I'm probably maybe still two or three spots away from what you could probably say is full primo. And it's looking unlikely that I'll get there just given where I'm at with trades at the moment. Just one of those unlucky things, but you know, still plenty of fun to be had. Yeah, Ben, I'm probably not going to get a complete team. My my team has been cursed by injuries, basically. I was four upgrades away, and then injuries have crueled me left, right, and center. So I'm holding my current team as it stands. And I've done this before and actually rose in the rankings doing lots of looping. So I think I have to tap into my tactical mind and try my best from here. Do you have a complete team or as I complete have, as you're going to get it? I have a complete team. And the issue was last week, right, I... Basically, my team was complete to the point where I had seven trades left. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to luxury trade Parish to Mills to try and get a leg up because I'm like, hey, I'll have a full team. I'll have six trades. But as goes down, I'm like, oh, crap. So that's where it came in. I had Bontempelli in my team. So I was like, oh, what am I going to do now? So I went Bontempelli to Pruce. So that way I actually had enough money to go butter straight to Bontempelli. So I feel like I actually created this issue. Um, By having a full team, by thinking I had the luxury in the world to actually bring in and just burn one trade. I'll just burn for a one-week injury, (laughs) stuff it. One-week injury, you know, what? Parish in and out of my side. You can go. Um, He was an in and out. He was a one-and-done player for me, and it looks like Proust will be another one-and-done player (laughs) for me. Um, Just throw him out left, right, and center, and hopefully 
um, some luck is on the horizon because I think uh, six trades heading into this round and it looks like we might have to burn a couple just to stay afloat. So It's good to know that the hubris affects all of you guys at the top of the ranks as well. Oh, I've not been this upset in a long time, and I used, <laughs> and, and it's weird because I think I recorded with Chris last night, uh, SC Insider One Hundred. Go find us. He, um, and I, normally I try and keep it. We're not, we're not politically correct, but I try not to swear too much unless it's really trying to uh, accentuate the hurt, right? And I was dropping left, right, and centers. I just could not contain myself. I had to put the earmuffs on Chris. It was just so painful, <laughs> and then. Literally, the way I can equate this, last year I traded Josh Kelly before his run of games and started killing it, right? I held him, traded him after he got that, um, then just went absolutely huge. The hurt I felt from Pruce outweighs that already. <laughs> that's all I can equate it to. Ooh. It's just upset, upsetting. That's, that's a lot because I, I remember last year as well when we had you on, we were we were Josh Kelly brothers. and Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's a lot of pain. That's a lot of pain. We started as Josh Kelly brothers, and if anyone watches um, fantasy football, I think what's it called—the American one—we could be Eskimo brothers one day, Clarky. If you, well, you might not know what that play, means, someone out we'll there play, might know what that means. We'll play the card. We'll see if the cards get played right. <laughs> if it means what I think it means, then oh boy, it means we share a same igloo at some point in time. <laughs> That's exactly. Damo, we got Sorry, any questions? <laughs> yeah, we need to get onto the questions now, and we have quite a few about. Zach Butters. The first one comes from Corey Blackledge. He asks a question every week, I think. So um, thanks, Corey, for getting involved. Thanks, Corey. He asks us, would you trade Butters to Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron, or Harry Himmelberg in one trade, or Bontempelli using two trades? So I uh, have the the predictor of Harry Himmelberg um, – I, I like him. I still think that there's a bit of value to be had there. Um, looks like they're going to be using him a bit more as a swing role. I kind of like Jeremy Cameron's run home as well. Um, he's in, you know, basically Coleman medal form. So really competing for that. So that's a lot of options there. But I think you can't you can't doubt yourself in going to any of those current top options in the forward line, especially Butters, who is somebody that owners, we've been looking to trade up you know, get out of that butters hole uh, for what, you know, all season, I think it's fair to say most of the season. Um, and yeah, this one in injury is probably the, the get out of jail free card. You need to justify it. Yeah. I think the, the issue is, so even uh, McVay, I think came out in the last sort of day or so saying that, uh, yes, yes. He has the ability to play in multiple different positions. Um, I'm not afraid to go in a different direction this week. And that's a huge issue. He also then goes and says he can chop out in the ruck. So uh, Harry Hummelberg just yeah. doing it all. Um, oh, look, I think it's with the flex. If he goes and plays forward, his his the role is crap. He's not going to score that well. Um, if he's in defense, he'll go well. So it's the whole Sicily conundrum all over again. If he's in defense, he's killing it. Next minute he's playing forward, he'll get you a 60. And then it's going to lose you a matchup. It's going to lose your cash real quick. If you didn't get on him last week, I think you have to kind of leave that. Uh, Jeremy Cameron is probably the best bet. Um, high ceiling, gets up the ground, has some weak opponents to sort of finish the year. Um, but I think it's worth two trades. Boys, Bontempelli um, with Bruce coming back in as well, it seems very likely at some point in time, very close. I think he kicked a bag last week. When he comes back in, they don't need Bontempelli in the forward line. 
Now I know he, he it's going to be hard to tell whether it's he's playing forward because he had hurt his AC joint, but hopefully he yeah, you know, strap it up. He's had a little bit of time to have a bit of you know recovery. The dogs also need to win. So they need him on the ball. He's the one that creates the most. If Bruce and they have a forward already there, they don't need him in the forward line. And he could bang out and get close to 130 average on the run home, or at least a midfielder. You know he can average 120s. So his price point at the moment and his average, he could get you 30 points per game more than some of these other players. And for me, that's worth two trades. Other players people were looking at as butters replacements were Mitch Duncan, but he probably poses an injury risk. And then you got Isaac Heaney, where he really only scores well if he if he impacts the scoreboard. And then you got Dustin Martin, who we're not even sure comes back this week anyway. So all those options carry their own risks. And yeah, they've got good ceilings, but they've also got quite low floors as well. And we don't know which. Mitch Duncan you're going to be trading in, which Isaac Heaney, which version of these players you're going to be coming in. And we've already mentioned that Himmelberg is a risk with Bruce and Flynn both out. Um, Peter on Facebook noticed that um, he was playing in the forward line in the final quarter against the Bulldogs. So um, I think, yes, Himmelberg is a risk with Bruce and Flynn out, but um, who knows how long Himmelberg will stay forward with those guys out, however long those guys are out. And we know that Bruce and Flynn aren't always walk-up starts to come back either. Yeah, it was difficult. Himmelberg, I think, was chopping out Ruck with O'Keefe, um, if I remember correctly. A lot. So that's when he was moving forward, kind of like Luke Jackson-esque, kind of moving between the Rucks and then to a forward position. But they've Mark McVeigh, you know, he talks about it in you know very Cameron Cube-esque ways of we're happy to move him around. So I think they've kind of realized that his level of kicking and his level of performance is definitely there. So, you know, the Giants are probably going to be throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. So I think I can agree he's definitely, if you've, if you've not already taken that risk, Himmelberg should be crossed off your list. I agree. Now, touching on Butters, I think he, for me, has to be a trade. Now, people get a little bit recency biased as in, oh, he was on like nearly 60 or whatever it was at quarter time and he has the potential. He had done pretty well over a few rounds. But the issue that some people forget is, is that number one, he did the opposite knee in a similar fashion last year. He said, oh, I only missed a round, one round for that. So he's hoping for a short turnaround. It could be a couple of rounds depending on his rehab. Um, The other issue is that when he came back last time, he went and played forward. And we've seen this time and time again when he – he's injured or if he's had any other limitations, they play him forward. And when he plays forward and not getting enough sort of ruck uh, in the, in the midfield, midfield time, his scoring is in in, uh, incredibly hampered. Now, Rosie's been sort of taking a bit of the brunt when he went down. So that could definitely continue. Um, And then when you have a look at their draw coming up, so they play the Suns this week, which would have been good if Butters was fit. Fremantle over at um, Optus stadium next week. If he gets up for that, I don't know if he would because traveling to Perth, Still a smaller travel from Adelaide, but Giants, Melbourne, Geelong, Collingwood, Richmond, that's not an easy run anyway for a forward, let alone one that has coming off an injury or playing forward um, more than midfield. So I think it's just incredibly risky to hold a guy who's averaging, what, 90? When there's so many other players out there. Uh, for me, Heaney is a price point. I know Heaney's been def- definitely disappointing after his, fl- um, his hot start, so some people are definitely off him. But when you have a look at the Sydney fixture as well, particularly when you kind of open up and look at their Supercoach final series, 
He's someone that can score well. I think he's going to actually increase his run on the run home. He probably frees up a little bit of cash as well. It was about twenty or 30000 that you make on him if you don't have him already. I, th- I think he could sort of hold around that average. For a price point, he's very good. Saints, Essendon, the Dogs, Fremantle. So, yes, you know, not the easiest month coming up. I think probably fairly even there. Adelaide, Giants, North, Collingwood. That's the final series for your Supercoach team. So, especially considering I think Giants he tore up earlier in this year. He really lifts for those games, you know, the, their rivalry. North Melbourne, I think he went a 117 against Collingwood. Um, can definitely sort of lick some points through those sort of marking forwards as well. If you're struggling and it's a one-trade scenario and you don't have Heaney, I think he is better than a lot of the other options around him. I know there is an injury risk per se, but he hasn't really been injured this year. He's just sort of been playing a little bit more forward, and it's whether he impacts a school, but as to whether or not. But he is also Supercoach's love child. Him and Bontempelli get points for nothing, so you might as well just get on that train, boys. Yeah, both of those guys seem to get points just for breathing and being on the field so uh they're probably the two that you would look at if money was no issue and you could pretty much go to anyone you wanted and lincoln has asked on twitter if money's no issue who would we be looking at and i guess we've answered that question saying isaac heaney or marcus bontempelli whichever one you don't have because most have one or the other yeah bont number one uh, plain and simple, I think he's maybe 17% owned. He is low owned compared to what he should be at his price. He's the easiest scenario. If you have no, say you've already got some rucks and Englishes in your forward line and, you, and you're not having the conundrum that some other people are, and you think, which is another issue, English could be missing multiple weeks. They haven't really convinced me that he's a, a good chance of playing next week. Then the easiest scenario is Bontempelli free up your $30,000 or whatever it is. Um, He's going to be a top six forward for the rest of the year. And his low is so good, it's ridiculous. Like he's only got, what, an 88 as a low, plenty of hundreds. He hasn't really set the world alight, which is why he has dropped in cash a little bit. But he's still super consistent. And as a forward, a guy like that, you can just bank on him going anywhere from 90 to 130, 140 and around, and you just bank that and move on. Um, hands down, the easiest selection you will ever make if you have – Money, and that's the big issue. If you have money and you have trades available, Bontempelli is your man. Lock it in. Clarky, you're a Melbourne man. I am a Melbourne man. Do you reckon Luke Jackson is worth the punt? Well, it depends on if your name is Tim Michelle or not. Um, (laughs) It's it's hard to say. Historically, there is no, there is very little to no data to indicate what Luke Jackson is going to score without Gorn in the team. Team lists are out as the time of recording and Sam Wiedemann is in. So it looks like Wiedemann, who's been doing a little bit of ruck training um, around the track, is probably going to be sort of Jackson's going to move up one and Wiedemann's going to take some of those rucks, ruck contests and chop out for him to give him a bit of a rest. It could go one of two ways. Brisbane this week particularly are probably going to be a tough opponent to really gauge as well because it's the first time it's happening. Um I think at three, what's he, 350 odd? 380, I think. 389. He's not cheap. He's not cheap. Honestly, I don't think it's worth the punt at that price unless you are really going for a Hail Mary. It's, there's just, there's just no data to suggest that. And as much as I love Luke Jackson and I love Melbourne and I think it could be really good, I'm not sure that, you know, Fact, facts, not feelings, you know? 
Um, so there is a, a good saying. I think it was JB from Dr. Supercoach, which I heard from Chris. So I'm just going to relay it third way down the line. <laughs> uh, it could be one of those Chinese whispers. Who knows? But it was, um, uh, was it don't fix. Um, oh, so pretty much if you're in a bad situation, then pretty much don't make a bad situation worse by fixing it with another bad situation later. So as in it's a Band-Aid. So you're trying to Band-Aid something with something that's going to cause you a headache later. Now, if you have um, Cameron from Collingwood, when Grundy comes back in, his role changes, his price points dry up. So that's an issue. People are going to have to trade him later or expect the fact that he might go back to poor scoring. Jackson's the exact same thing. Now, the only way that this could actually work, and it's twofold. The first situation he plays ruck. He's very mobile as a ruckman. He could go you, you know, 90 to 110 for the next up to a month. You know, depending on that's the window, two to four weeks up to a month, he could do well. Maybe he gets some confidence, builds his confidence back up, and then he goes back in. Maybe they manage Gorn's minutes in the ruck. Jackson's doing really well, so they sort of do the team thing, get through to finals, and then see how we go. The other only scenario that I would actually consider bringing him in is if you have money and you have trades, you can afford to, you know, maybe go a Stevens from Geelong or something and throw 180000 on top of him. Get yourself a loophole player who can then, you know, cover your ruck line and your forward line for the rest of the year, but you're not banking on him being on field every single week. And I think that's a small percentage of the population that actually have that luxury. Um, I don't think he's the be-all and, and fix-all. I'm seeing a lot of trades of people going butters down to Jackson. I'm seeing Proust down to Jackson. And they're pretty much just going, oh, I want to avoid a donut and it'll be next week's problem. But you're fixing a problem with another problem and you're going to hate yourself later for it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I also think that Luke Jackson will get eaten alive by Oscar McInerney as well. So um, that's another thing to consider as well. He might not come out and score a 90 plus score just from being in the ruck. And we've seen that some players get points just from literally standing in the center square, but I don't think Luke Jackson is going to be one of those players with Oscar McInerney. I think Oscar McInerney stifles the opposition ruckman kind of like Reece Stanley does. I, I disagree. I think Jackson's so mobile once it hits the ground. I think he'll be getting more clearances and racking up. Oscar's a, a good tap ruckman and a good mark in the forward line. Maybe he'll try and exploit him by pushing forward a little bit. But I think the second that that hits the ground, I actually I back Jackson to do damage. And it could be because the big O is a bit slow and lumbering. Do you know what I mean? You see him get around to contests, whereas Jackson's definitely a little bit more dynamic. So if he can neutralize that contest a little bit, I'm actually worried about what Jackson provides. Now, the big concern I have is a VC on Oliver, which is probably ahead of the time. Sorry, boys. We'll get into this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the first game. Um, but Gorn and Oliver have this really good sync connection where there's a lot of hitouts to advantage. Now, I think when Jackson played, when you look back to the grand final, I think Jackson's not really a, to a person per se, but more to space. So therefore, I think Petrarca, it opens him up a little bit more on getting to the outside instead of a Gorn to the inside of a Clary. So I think Petrarca could definitely open up his scoring a little bit from this week. Sorry, Bulls. Well, I think, you know, since since we're, we're talking we're talking football now as well yes. as uh, not just Supercoach, and I, I, I think I agree with you in terms of it's going to be Melbourne, we're on, the, we're on three losses on the trot, and that's upsetting uh, as a supporter because we can play good football and we just haven't been playing football. I look, I have my own theories of things that are impacting that, but I think Jackson being in could be a really good thing for Melbourne just because it'll, it'll change our game style 
a little bit because I think I, I agree with what you said. Jackson isn't like a, all right, I'm looking for Clary. I'm looking for track. I'm looking for whoever. He's like, here's the good spot. We run and carry and we do that, you know, the overlapping run to get it into the forward line quickly. So having Jackson there and it can, a lot of that can stem from it. So I think Jackson's scoring to bring it back to Supercoach, I think is going to depend on how he handles that and if he can really bring on his own style, which is very different to Omax. So I think it's a concern, but ultimately, if it's not Luke Jackson, why aren't you looking at a Todd Goldstein? Why aren't you looking at, you know, literally any any other half-decent Ruckman to cover that if you desperately need the cover? It's... Luke Jackson is not the solution to the problem because we just don't know. People are desperate and that's why I think they're they're looking or they're trying to convince themselves of something that's there when they have zero data and zero information that it's going to work. They go, oh, I have this problem and they're trying to convince themselves that this is the solution. He will go 100. Generally, they're probably also the ones that missed out on Cameron and going, oh, well, if Cameron did it, I want to get on the next train. (laughs) But, well, guess what? This train's going one way to um, nowhere fast. (laughs) And, you know, and and it's frustrating, I think, as, you know, to sort of talk meta about it. And, Ben, I'm sure you can agree with this to, to an extent. Like, as content creators, we kind of look at it, we go, well, look, there's no data. We can't really say one or the other, but we would say it's too much of a risk. And then if he comes out and score 120, we're going to have <laughs> enough people on Twitter to tell us how wrong we were. Nah, stuff him. I was the one that said get Cameron from Collingwood, and then I didn't do it myself. So uh, I, I we... said get Himmelberg, and I yeah. didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, we do it all the time. Or the funny one is where they're like, hang on, you did out a team podcast on a Thursday and then next week your team's changed. I'm like, yeah, because I had 72 hours to think about more. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes yeah. your first your first reaction's the best and then you have another two days to think, oh, I could do this, I could do this, and then you mess your stuff up. So so if it's not Luke Jackson, um, I'll ask you boys this. Who Who is it for you that is going to come in and help us with the rock line? I've jumped on Toby Nankervis. Ooh. That's spicy. Uh, a lot of people are telling me that Reece Stanley will shut him down, but I think Toby Nankervis provides more than what other Ruckman do in terms of his ability to move in different positions, whereas Reece Stanley is more or less a Ruckman first and then a marking target around the ground second. Toby Nankervis tackles. He can he's, he essentially plays as another midfielder, whereas Reece Stanley doesn't and we've seen Toby Nankervis move back move forward we've seen him play on the wing and I imagine that with Noah Bolter out Ivan Soldo will come back and I and Ivan Soldo is more likely the one that Reece Stanley will be able to shut down quicker and that's where the match and that's where Toby Nankervis will be largely free freed up around the ground yeah, for me, I think it has to be probably Darcy. Um, I've toyed with the the Jackson notion there. Or Riley O'Brien um, has tempted me a little bit. I think Darcy probably has the most upside if he's fit and firing. The big issue is that I haven't been sold on Tabiner. Looked like uh, he was going to be back this week, but now they're talking about, oh, well, if he doesn't fly, then we can manage his minutes in you know the waffle. So... I think the only thing that probably helps him a little bit is Carlton is absolutely decimated already in their back line. So Darcy Lobb um, probably gets the job done and and a few other sort of tools. I think they're talking about playing 
oh, I can't remember his name now, from defense into the forward line. Um, Damien, you'd know this one more than I would. Um, Logue. Logue, yeah. So as in, they could definitely exploit the Carlton defense this week without actually having to really rely on Tabernacle. But for me, Darcy has a huge upside. His price kind of sucks with a high break even. He is very hit and miss, but his scoring was hampered when Tabernacle was out because um, I expressed this weeks ago where you know, when you bring when you bring in Meek, Meek is a better ruckman than he is a forward, whereas Darcy is capable of kicking goals and marking, so he's a more capable forward in my opinion. So if Tabernacle's out and Meek's in, then Darcy's role shifts for me. Uh, I just think he has the most upside. So I think for me, it's Darcy in this team. Um, I'm going to pay the 558 with a horrible break even just because he's probably the next best option. Uh, Riley O'Brien, as I just want to touch on briefly, their run home is extremely good to the point where um, even if you need a midfielder, I would be 100% happy to pay 550 for keys. I think it's ridiculously priced. They play North Melbourne this week, which is an absolute given. Melbourne, obviously a little bit of a harder one there, but then Hawthorne, Collingwood, Sydney, Carlton. Yeah, right. But then West Coast North, they play North twice. West Coast Jesus. North, West Coast North, Port Adelaide. So when you have North, you have Hawks. Collingwood will leak sort of points through that midfield as well. Um, West Coast North Melbourne, I think it's just a, an easy bump to the scoring. Um, Melbourne will have Jackson at that point in time. Hawks have a, what have a bit of hit and miss sort of ruck. Collingwood. Grundy's aiming to be back back in round 18, but I doubt he plays full ruck there. Uh, 19, Hickey. 20, who knows if um, Pitney's back. You know, so it, it just opens up. So I don't mind Riley O'Brien either. Uh, his price point is very similar, 544K. At this point, again, you're hitting and hoping. You kind of, you pick a ruckman and like, hey, they're number one ruckman, they're fit. And I hope that they do really well for a short period of time. That's it. Yeah. We've got one final question. We'll quickly answer that one and then we'll move on to our tips and captains. Mitch Santon on Instagram is looking to fill his final mid and forward spots. Is now the time to start looking at some points of difference? Um, yeah, you can definitely go points of difference. Um, if you're still looking to fill some spots, it's definitely more about like price points. Unless price isn't an issue, then it's pretty much like whose line is it anyway where the points don't matter. But I think you're better off sort of looking at, again, when you look at uh, what keys based on that easy run, 539K, I think is an extremely good price point. I think Walsh is um, 590, so he's also at a, a decent enough price point. Uh, I don't even mind if you have a fully stacked forward line. I don't even mind a Bontempelli to allow you some flexibility and swing there. I think he can probably match that sort of 115 to 120 average anyway that um, you're probably looking for. And there's definitely some low ownership. Uh, I know I jumped on Laird when he was about 4% owned. Uh, that's got to be a lot higher now. I think that's sitting at 12. So there's definitely some really good value there. Have a look at the highest averaging players. Then I check the price point and then I check ownership to see what I can do. And if you're playing for league primarily, which is usually what people look at points of differences for, um, I'd be looking at who's in my league and who they don't have and then trying to target those people specifically. Yeah, that covers that covers it for me. That that pretty much covers it. Mitch, there's yeah. your answer. That's Sorry, why you're boys. a top that's why you're a top player, Benny. <laughs> Time to get into our tips in captains. First game is Melbourne against Brisbane at the MCG on Thursday night. Captaincy options in this game is Clayton Oliver, but Ben touched on the issues potentially there. Lockie Neal is another one that we could look at. Is Petrarca back in form? Is he going to bounce back after he's had the week off? Is Daniel Richer smoky? 
Yes, absolutely. God, the one thing that we've loved to do is to kick it to opposition defenders. It's yeah, like it's like a the, fantasy the for me. Yeah, yeah fanboy, it's, right it's a fantasy for me. My beautiful Melbourne players kicking it to Daniel Rich. Yeah, how funny is it? Side note that um, when you watch a game and it's it's your team versus their team, you're like, oh damn it! You're like, if the other team's going to do anything, it has to be this player, this player, or this player. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know they're going to kick a goal, but it has to be this player on my team, and that's the only way I'm going to accept it. Um, Rich is definitely a smoky. I think uh, when you sort of look at the extraction sort of from the back line, I think Coleman's actually probably been very damaging. So and Speedy. Uh, Zorko did impact him early. I think Rich can bounce back and try and sort of find some form. So I think that's definitely a consideration there. But for me, I think price points, I'd, Aaron Hall is a huge smoky for me. If you need a point of difference, I know he's had hamstring issues, but the reason is that no one has him in defense. Aaron Hall, literally no one has him and he could actually average you some of the most numbers for the back end of the year. I know he sucks. I know he's injury prone, right? I can hear your laughter. I hear your head. No, no, sorry. No. I, think we, I think we jumped back a question. We oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, I know that. I know that. So no, okay, it's fine. that's fine. I'm no, Aaron, you know what? Aaron Hall is a smoky. We'll we'll, we'll jump Huge back. Smoky. We'll come back. We'll come back to Brisbane, Huge Melbourne. Smoky. Huge smoky. I, you know. I don't hate it. Well, we didn't need to jump back if you're just going to add one comment. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um, that's, okay, so that's as much as I've got. Clayton Oliver, 94 points last year, 177 the year before against Brisbane. Um, same reasons. I don't think it sort of goes well there. Same as Lockie Neal. I think a lot of people will choose one of these two as their their VC or C. But I think there's probably some better options this week. Uh, one of them's probably going big, and it's flip a coin because you don't know really which one's going to get off the leash. Um, yeah, so last year, Neil went 84 against Melbourne. I think that was a, a game he actually got injured uh, when I brought him in. I think that's when he did his syndesmosis. So that's probably why he only got the 84. Uh, 152 the year before that, 137 the year before that. So um, for me, it's probably Neil over Oliver if you're going to VC anybody. And I assume you two are pledging your allegiance with the tips? Always. Always, baby. I'm tipping Melbourne. <laughs> I'm tipping Melbourne as well. <laughs> what, is, what is with people and tipping against their boys? What is this? It, it's a it's a double-edged sword because if we win, then I don't really care two, <laughs> two stuffs about my tip because I'm so happy. So. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if they lose, I'm like, ah, see, at least I got that tip because I knew, I knew something was going on. I'm and really Melbourne looking forward to, to this back. game. I, I really like Brisbane as a team, so I'm actually excited to go. Oh, I'm, no I'm going to the game, so I'm no looking Gardner. forward to seeing them in in person. No Zorko, no Gardner, no hope. No Bailey. Mate. Yep, no Bailey. So I think Melbourne are due for a bounce back. Next game on Friday night is Western Bulldogs against Hawthorne at Marvel Stadium. Obvious captain's options in this one are McRae, Bontembele, Dunkley, perhaps. Um, Hawks don't have a lot of relevant captain options, so does that make Tom Mitchell a smoky? No. 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 A smoky for someone to pick him in their team, maybe. Um, yeah, sorry, boys. I think McRae, for me, is probably the standout based off his good form last week. I mean, if Mills can go 200 against Hawks, then McRae can just be here, there, and everywhere. Went uh, 136 against them last year at the end of the year. So I think he could definitely continue that run. Um, that's my standout. You boys got any Smokies or you support that? I support McRae. I'm going to go with McRae as, as my vice captain this this week. What did McRae do differently last week that has sort of bumped him back up? Was it just the break that he needed or what do you guys reckon? He definitely looked a lot 
freer, but I also think yeah. the absence of Bailey Smith probably helped him as well. Yeah. Stop turning over the ball was a part, yeah. part factor. I That'll could not it. believe two weeks would make a big difference because the week before that, he could not hit a target to save his life. When this is the McRae that would actually kick across his body, nail a pass that would go maybe two and a half or two meters off the ground and literally lace somebody out to missing no pressure kicks <laughs> to 15 meters. I'm like, what's going on here? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think McRae is the sensible option. Yeah, and you would think the Western Bulldogs would get this done as well. Yeah. Yeah, they should yeah. they should get it done reasonably easily if they're um they're back to firing. I don't next, mind that. Next game is also on Friday night. The AFL's trying to hide this one Ugh. and I don't blame them to be honest. West Coast against Essendon at Optus Stadium also on Friday night. I have not highlighted a vice captaincy or captaincy option in this game. If Darcy Parrish is back, maybe. Yeah. But even and I'm then, hoping he is. Yeah, oh, it'd be nice the week I got him out, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he, um, I think he's probably the only VC shout there because in that midfield, I think he's a contested beast. If he's fit and over it, then that's going to be another thing coming. Um, West Coast are also starting to improve their uh, midfield stock as well. So I think it's not going to be as an easy beat in the guts. It's probably more on the spread that West Coast are being a bit lazy. So I think it, it could narrow down a little bit from here. I think there's a really good chance West Coast win this one as well. Um, not to, I'm, I'm sorry. I know Jesse. I know you listen, and I love you, but they, I, I can't get a bead on which Essendon's going to turn up. If the Essendon of last week turns up, then the es- then Essendon wins. Absolutely, I'm tipping Essendon. Oh, everyone, you'd be silly not to tip Essendon. I think <laughs> I've tipped them for now. All right, next game. I'm nervous about this next game. Carlton against Fremantle at Marvel Stadium early Saturday. The Jock um, Reynolds Cup. Dockers got the better of Carlton last time. Um, and Carlton are probably in worse shape this this time as well. So no real key defense. They're still experimenting with who's in their ruck line. They've got a couple of their midfielders back, so their strength is the midfield definitely. And they've also got Harry Mackay and Charlie Kerno firing up forward. So the Dockers defense will definitely have to be on here, but um, you would think the captaincy options in this one are Andy Brasher at the Dockers, uh, George Hewitt, Sam Walsh. Is Patrick Cripps still an option when Carlton have a fully fit midfield? Not as a captain option, I don't think. No, and there's a lot of other good talent before him, so I wouldn't be holding a VC for a guy that may or may not fire. So if you're going to go a VC for something like that, I think you have to kind of hold off for a, um, you know, like the Mills type or someone that's just going to go absolute, or even, you know, a Darcy in this game if you're going to hold a VC. Someone that can go 160, 170 and you know you're going to take it or they'll just sort of fizzle and get you an 80 or something. Yeah. Um, whereas um, a, la- a lad will tempt you each and every week because he'll, he'll get you 120 and you're like, oh, I kind of feel like I have to take it. Whereas these guys, yeah. you just know. You just know. Yeah. Well, Sean Darcy probably is a smoky against Dom DeConning because pretty sure last year he scored like a 189 or something against Carlton up, up against Tom, Tom DeConning at the MCG. So there's every chance that he goes big again against um, against Tom DeConing. But 
I don't think Darcy will be able to match Dom DeConning um, athletically, but in but I think Sean Darcy's ability to act as another midfielder for Fremantle will help them in the long run. And I am tipping Fremantle. Sorry, Lech. Me too. Good thing it's a smaller ground though. So, you know, DeConing won't actually be able to run him outside as much with a little bit of a narrow ground. So I don't mind that. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the good, the best track there. Now, Cripps did actually go 139. I think it was his first game back from his hamstring tightness from a one-game injury. Um, air quotes. There you go, Clarky. Um, I appreciate so it. He, he is not a bad shake, but his just form has been so inconsistent that, for me, it's pretty much those those top three guns in their first two games as your VC um, is probably the way to go. I've also tipped Fremantle. Sorry, Lek. Me too. Sorry, right, Lek Dog's not here. He can't be upset. He'll be here next week, so... <laughs> Next game is Geelong against Richmond at the MCG on Saturday afternoon. The best option in this game is Tom Stewart. Jeremy Cameron. No, Stewart, I'm with you. Yeah. Richmond Richmond leak points to defenders as well. Like they absolutely leak points, particularly to running defenders and intercept defenders. Yeah, Tom Stewart in this game I think is the only real option. And I'm actually tipping Richmond in this game. Yeah, I've learnt I've learnt my lesson uh, a lot with trusting Geelong to maintain form. Richmond, I think, are surprising teams. It seemed very much like that last week, where they kind of just came out and then, oh no, okay, look, that Richmond's here this week, so they're finding themselves a bit. It's hard to hard to not see them kind of maintaining that, and Geelong hate that really fast pace, like high intensity game. Yeah, it's Geelong's nemesis, the the where they play on straight away. That's why usually the Bulldogs and stuff have their sort of advantage because as soon as they get the ball, they just play on. And Geelong like to play slow, old man footy. Um, they have improved that a little bit. Uh, for me, it's probably going to depend if um, Dangerfield's actually named. If Danger's in, I think that just does head. Um, gives Geelong that little bit of an edge. So I might even just sort of tip them in. But it is very much line ball, 50-50 uh, as to who you sort of go this week. And... I think Richmond are due to lose a game, boys. I think they need something to steal their nerves. Uh, uh, no logic, no science behind it, but it's kind of like, you know, Geelong did what they had to do last week. Oh, actually, no, I'm going to go against them. I'm going to go Richmond because they came back from Perth last week, so they're going to be horrible. They can't play after a bye. They can't play coming off Perth. They're done. On Saturday night, Sydney take on St Kilda at the SCG. Both teams will want to atone for their poor performances the week before. Jack Steele is probably back, but don't think anyone's held on to him. Uh, Vice-captaincy options or captaincy options in this game, Callum Mills, because St. Kilda don't traditionally tag. Um, Luke Parker, perhaps. Jack Sinclair is also another smoky option, you would think. I feel like if Steele's back, maybe Sinclair is less of an option, just in case... Sinclair sees a little bit less of those like sort of through the middle of the ground kind of possessions. Are you saying that because Hunter Clark or, or someone like that will, will head back with Steele back in the side? Yes. And their saviour Billings is now back in that side there, guys. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> almost, as good as Han- almost as good as Hanabry. Um <laughs> Yeah, Mills is the only one for me, but again, I think his his form fluctuates to a point where he could go you a really good score, but then he can 
bang out the occasional, like you know, when they play Gold Coast and everyone's thinking, oh, he's going to go huge, and then he gets a 60. You know, you just know that they're in there somewhere. So I think for me, um, I'd pretty much be trying to bypass most of the players as a VC or C this game, to be honest. Yeah, I can't get a real solid vibe on any of them being options. I'm tipping Sydney at the SCG in this game. Same. Yeah, I've tipped Sydney, but all, yeah, I, I'm, I am a little bit wary of St. Kilda. I think they're better than how they've been playing the last couple of weeks. On to the Sunday games now. North Melbourne take on Adelaide at Blunstone Arena um, early Sunday. Rory Laird is probably the best option in this game if he gets up. There is a little cloud over him, but uh, fingers crossed he does get past fit. Could be a make-believe cloud. I'm waiting to see some definitive uh, data on that one. Yep. Uh, one person posts it and the smoke sort of follows the mirrors, but um, it'll yeah. be interesting to see. Rory Laird left with hamstring tightness, but he actually just had an appointment. <laughs> North Melbourne's grow a bit of a leg at Blundstone Arena, but I'm still tipping Adelaide here. Was that a Tasmanian joke? Having an extra leg? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you just said they grow a leg in Tasmania. So I was like, well. Well, well, well. Congratulations, Tasmanian listeners. Uh, uh, North Melbourne have just, they've not shown me anything to be hopeful, even though Adelaide are also bad. So, but I'm still going to have to pick Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide for me, if the number one draft pick isn't playing, I think they don't have a chance, North Melbourne. Next game on Sunday is Collingwood against GWS Sunday afternoon MCG. The man that you two probably hate with a passion is probably the best option in this game in Josh Kelly. Oh, I thought you were going to say another man that I hate, but he's not playing this week. Mm. Well, Back on holiday. Is that Nathan Buckley? <laughs> no, no, he's busy giving what, ripping insight in the commentary box. Um, well, if Bruce isn't out, then unfortunately your old mate um, Cameron from Collingwood's actually not a bad option if he's up against um, Keith and God knows who actually they're getting to do. So Bruce is um, suspended. Flynn's injured for what two to three. Um, it's going to be a really, It's going to be Kieran yeah, Briggs. Oh, yeah, Briggs. Okay, that makes sense. Briggs um, and Himmelberg. Excellent. But you know, let's face it, Geelong. Um, Geelong. GWS haven't exactly been Briggs on him for a while, so. Uh, was he third, third, third man in? I had to do one pun. Sorry, boys. No, um, this is why we have you. It's content. Yeah. So I am interested to see if Taranto gets named. There's another uh, side option as far as if you want a point of difference for someone who's not owned Taranto. But oh, again, Stephen no, Canigliog. Yeah, but Taranto effect could be an issue. So yeah, when you have Mc, when, McVeigh is probably he's got to have seen. The body so of much, work. There's only so much room. He picked up Taranto picked up like 32, I think, in the in the seconds last week. So then you go, okay, we got Taranto, you've got Green, you've got uh, Cornelio, you've got uh, Kelly, and then you kind of go, well, what's what's the best makeup between those mix? And at some point, someone's going to have to give way. Now, is it Green because he's tall and he can mark and kick goals? Does he lose some of his CBAs, or is it Cornelio who can also go forward, uh, or just Josh Kelly push out into the wing? So the Taranto they've already been pushing Kelly out to the wing. Well, Kelly might as well just push him out to a Victorian team. 
Yeah, <laughs> he'll, he'll look he'll look much better, and I might actually pick him again if he doesn't play yeah. for GWS. He'll look fantastic in any any other colors. Yeah, no, he was Josh Kelly was playing on the wing for a significant portion of the game last week, so I think they're already making adjustments in the center. So I, I think they want to keep Cogs in there probably a little bit longer because he's getting consistent work, and he's obviously you know the results are speaking for themselves as far as his personal statistics maybe not on the scoreboard but he's going forward he's kicking a few and he's also getting racking up the possession i think maybe taranto may look at going back into that forward role a little bit more it'd be a brave person to pick canelio as a captain this week oh yeah absolutely you psychos out there but yeah it might pay off that's the best part of gambling (laughs) sorry (laughs) no (laughs) sorry that's 60% not. of the time, it happens every time. Gamble responsibly. There you go, Clark. Yeah, thank you. There's also that midfield spot open with um, Ryan Angwin's inj- injury and Harry Perryman also being out. So there is a spot there for Get rid of Callan Ward. Perryman, actually. I heard he has a new endorsement with Nando's. They call him Perry Perryman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I nearly straight face that one too. Excellent. Beautiful. <laughs> Let's move on to the final game. I tipped um, GWS, by the way. I tipped Collingwood. I tipped Collingwood. I'm not tipping Collingwood after this last week. You all know, uh, listeners. Um, Man, they didn't even have a holiday. They're, they're pretty much just straight off the buy. They're fresh. Yeah. <laughs> They've been thinking about work for the whole week and a half. Yeah. Sorry, Damo. <laughs> uh, Port Adelaide against Gold Coast, Sunday Twilight at Adelaide Oval. Vice captaincy options. Oh, well, not vice captaincy options. You'd be... Uh, It'd be strange if it was a vice-captaincy option in this game. Captaincy options are Took Miller, Ollie Wines, Jared Witts against No Ruckman. Um, those are probably the main three. Hey, they've got a Ruckman. Finlayson, Aaliyah Aaliyah, <laughs> the duo. It's almost as good as Lockie Keefe and Harry Himmelberg. Excellent. I love it. I don't. I don't mind. I think Wits will bounce back. It, it's hard to make someone captain that sputtered so hard the week before. Uh, again, it comes down to just steel and nerve. Saying, okay, well, look at whose opponent is Adelaide Oval is definitely a nice fresh deck um, up against two inexperienced rucks. Or even if Hayes is in there, Hayes probably negates him a little bit. But Wits is so tall; his hitouts are amazing. So- they are contest, and they're contested beasts as well. Um, I think he at least bounced back and goes sort of that 115-120, so you could probably do a lot worse than that. I'd probably be leaning towards Wits over uh, Atuk as far as a captaincy this week just based on that matchup. Um, and again, it's it's hard with Tuk because he goes 100, but he will bang out the occasional horrible score, but then he will go 160 the week you don't put a VC on him. So it's a, you know, I think there's definitely a lot to be had. Plus, I also kind of hate waiting until the very last game to have a captaincy score because you know something's going to happen. You're just like, oh, what a great round, and you just wait for the fantasy There's gods. nothing to fall back on. Oh, hashtag shout out fantasy gods or whatever your name is just to come and absolutely <laughs> wreak havoc uh, on people's captaincies. Matt Rowell had a quite quite a good game last week and looked very good Matt Rowell-esque, um, which seemed so, to probably correlate as well with Took not really doing much. The weight's off his shoulders. Once he got rid of about, you know, 70,000 Supercoach players off his off his back, yeah. I think anything's possible. So it's good to see him have form. Jokes aside. Sorry, Damon. <laughs> I'm tipping Port Adelaide in this game, but if it was at Metricon Stadium, I probably would have tipped Gold Coast. I'm, I'm tipping Gold, Gold Coast. Coast. Yeah. yeah. 
I think it's um, like like an old man at a club. I think Port are going to try too hard, whereas Gold Coast will just get it done. Gold Coast are just like really good vibes at the moment. Like I kind of love watching Gold Coast games. I'm hoping that I'm hoping the media hype does what it did to the Dockers and then Gold Coast lose. Why yes, would you wish yeah. that on them? Yeah, I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm just salty, all right? I'm just salty. The, the, Gold, the, the, Gold, the Coast Gold Coast have been provoking them all week by saying, hey, remember our first win against Port Adelaide all those years ago? <laughs> They're like flashing highlights in their face. Yeah, um, Damo's upset from seeing all that positive vision of Alex Davies' grandpa coming from Japan dressed head to toe, head to toe oh, in if, Gold Coast. Oh, that was great. If, if he's going Adelaide, then I'm tipping Gold Coast. That made me so happy. I, I cannot describe how much that filled my heart with just football love. Yeah, no, that was definitely nice to know. Um, the only way I think, well, I think Gold Coast have been pretty consistent around the contest. It's whether they can kick accurately, which is probably their biggest dilemma. But you know how sometimes where you really need a win, so I think Port will come up with the right intent. But sometimes when you sort of try too hard, you're trying to do everything yourself. You're trying too hard to win that you kind of don't do the fundamentals as well. Uh, and I think they could kind of come a little bit unraveled this week. Now, they, they are favourites and they should win, but we've seen before when they should win, sometimes things just don't happen for them. Um, I think as well, Mabio Chol still has kicked a goal in every game this season. Imagine that Mabio Chol and Levi Casbolt are twin spearheads up forward for a team and actually who would have called it? well. Yeah, who called it? If you said that to me 12 months ago, I would have called you crazy. And that they were winning. Yeah, and <laughs> the Gold Coast were even more crazy. genuinely like, a shot for finals. Uh, I think um, Stewie Jew has been watching Moneyball with uh, good old yeah. Brad Pitt, sort of just looking at the bottom of the barrel. Hey, he can take contested marks. He can kick goals. Wonderful. You're in my side. Excellent. What, what, what does he do? He gets on base. And with uh, that, we have gone through all the games, answered your questions. Now it's time to sign off. Thank you for joining us, Ben. It's been great to have you again. Thank you very much for having me, boys. Look, twice in a twice in a, a short period of time, I feel extremely blessed, boys. Thank you. I love having you on, just if not for anything else, the puns. <laughs> and Chris has got a dirty moustache at the moment too, so you couldn't have chosen better to get rid of him, <laughs> to be honest. Oh... And thank you, as always, Clarky. It's a pleasure to be here. Remember, community, you can ask us questions using the hashtag Jock Mailbag. Good luck, community. This has been the Jock Mailbag for round 15.